We are live, baby. Dell Valley Sports Pod, episode four. We've made it to episode four. I don't know how many there will be, but I know we're still going strong. And we're talking about four. We're talking about Strom, but the Phillies, they're on win number five. What shape is this? What letter? W? It's a W. Big it's dub. It's a W, baby. Big dub. Another, another one. Another one. Another one. So... Uh. So just just when we thought they were down, the Phillies do what they always do. They turn their their heads around. They turn our heads around. Five straight wins, two straight against the Rockies. I'll give it. I'll give a shut up and clap to that. Come on now. Absolutely. Bryce Harper looks to be in full form. Greatest baseball player of all time. Jeff Hoffman coming out of the woodwork. Who the hell is Jeff Hoffman? I'm going to tell you about him. Stay tuned. All right, all right. So, long story short, uh, Phils have won five straight. They are one game above 500. They've got Aaron Nola going tomorrow to sweep the Rockies in Colorado. Real quick, real quick. I don't know if you – how did the Braves do today and yesterday? Uh, Pretty sure they lost. Oh, so they're not taking a W. Bump, 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 bump. (laughs) (laughs) Yahtzee, baby. Give him, give him one of those big L sounds from The Price is Right. Bum, bum, ba-dum. <laughs> Losers! It is only May, what, 13th? It's early. It's only May 13th, but could be worse. Mm-hmm. Could be worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we talked, was it two weeks ago? A week ago when uh, the Phillies jumped above 500 against the Astros, and then I made some... Uh, asinine prognostication that they wouldn't go back below 500. I liked uh, it. And then uh, all of a sudden... They liked exactly, it. Everybody liked that. It's exactly what they did. They lost, <laughs> they lost like four in a row, something like that. But such as the Phillies, they go really hot, really cold. Yeah. And we're, we're riding a hot streak right now. How you feeling, DG? I feel really good about it, man. And our first ever pod, I think we talked a little bit about the Phillies, and I was a little bit on the side of, well, their pitching isn't that good, so they're just bats going to be hot, and they're going to get cold, and they're going to get hot. The pitching's been really good, man. The pitching has been really, really good. Wheeler's eased in. He was phenomenal, I I would say, in his last two outings, really. His last outing, amazing. Against a good ball club, too. And then Nola is kind of settling in a little bit more. Granted, tomorrow he pitches, you said, right? Um, yes, he's slated to go tomorrow on the uh, the third game at the Rockies with Nola going. Uh, Nola going. Or no, sorry, Bailey. I will not falter. Falter Monday. Yes, against the Giants. Three game. Three game chip at uh, AT and T Stadium. Out is is that what it's called still? Yeah. Do you know who their coach is as well? Don't get me started on fucking Gabe Kapler. That guy. We're not going to go down this rabbit hole. The fact that anyone ever thought that that guy was going to work in the city of Philadelphia is the most asinine thing. Mr. Tastes his ice cream and then spits it out. That who, why, why did they ever think? All right, we'll keep it moving. But I just, I, it blows my mind that they thought that that would ever work in the city of Philadelphia. But anyways, I digress much better fit in San Francisco, just a scrappy team. But anyways, Soft city, point. soft coach, it fits. Yeah, there you go. Um, great, beautiful stadium, though. Beautiful stadium. Um, 
listen, Nola's got he's got nodding tomorrow. Let's keep in mind it is a course field, so let's be friendly about it. You know what I mean? Uh, I thought Walker and today, uh, great to have go go Power Ranger Suarez back on the mom. It's really um, nice to have him back, dude. I just love uh, how, the how, about, play. how about that? How about that play uh, off oh, the mound? That little dude, he should be a gold glove pitcher. <laughs> But come on, dude. There's there's absolutely no reason for him to wait as long as he did to throw that ball, except for the fact that we all know how cool, calm, and collected he is. He's all triple C's there. And it it makes sense. Like he gets the pass there because that that is him. That play in itself says everything you need to know about Ranger Suarez, does it not? I mean he took about 30 seconds to throw a fastball over to Clemens at first base. And it's just Ranger. He's just, dude, we're going to get him. It's he's doing, he's doing Suarez things. It's going to be okay. I'm not worried about it. Not, you know, dude, the, the, the game, the, the yes. season is so early, <laughs> but, but as, just, as us Philadelphians to the do, late, we, great we live and die by every pitch of a one sixty-two season. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that guy, that guy is as cool as the other side of the pillow. And I love the other side of the pillow. <laughs> Speaking of, it is late. It's been a long weekend already, and it's only Saturday. Mm. But had some golf today. What would you do today? Any, anything exciting? Oh, man, I actually had a pretty good day. It was kind of a rainy day in Pittsburgh. So, in other words, it was a day in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And... <laughs> been there. <laughs> know that. Listen, man, but it was kind of nice. It was It was drizzly, but it was one of those kind of comfortable rains. Um, we went to literally right down the road. We walked down to this place. We didn't walk, but beer bros, which is just a, a beer distributor. They had like a free taste test situation. We kind of have a low bar for it, you know, but we go down there with some friends, Jillian and I, and there's, I don't know, seven or eight different tables of just four or five different beers each, just giving out free samples. And we just, we just ran the tables. I got about 10 free koozies today, two t-shirts, a couple of bottle openers and about 30 stickers. So Gotta love it. Dude, I robbed them blind. <laughs> Speaking of koozies, so I was at the Phillies when they played the Rockies a couple weekends ago, and I had to help myself to a 24-ounce koozie that's yeah. that Bedlam at the Bank on oh, one side, God. and it's got Bryce Harper doing this on the other mm, side that is and i'm so like good beings that i was there on game five against the padres when they went to the world series i'm like i need me one of them that's amazing so, so i got two of them sitting in my apartment i don't drink 24 ounces much obviously when i'm at home yeah but it was just it was an item that i needed to have having that uh connection to being there and i'm really glad i do 100%. Honestly, an item that you might think about bringing to the game because that's probably the place where you're going to hit those big, uh, those big boys. You know, it's, it's, it's either there or the golf course, honestly. Actually, you know what? They don't really sell them at the golf course. I normally sneak them in my bag and then I bring them on. There you so go. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just hide it and, and chug it in between the time that the beer cart girl gets there. This anyway. whole fit, by the way, this is literally this whole situation is brought to you from freebies from <laughs> the testing day. We got a, a new trail. Uh, uh, I'm blanking on this word that everyone has in their vocabulary here. Help me out, koozie. Uh, we got a PBR <laughs> hat. You, dude, got you, you just got beer head to toe. I, it's crazy. It's a wonderful thing. He's drinking a Miller Lite with a new trail oh. koozie, 
Coors Light sweatshirt, or uh, was that a T-shirt? It's a Coors- T-shirt, which might be a party foul today. I, I didn't really think about that until right now. Yeah. Screw them. Screw them. Screw them. Yeah. Hey, we're drinking that, that Rocky Mountain water, baby. Phillies <laughs> <laughs> are drinking that water. And it'd be PBR uh, beanie. My, my man, Morgan Wallen, Walmart Wallen, he's looking good. He's looking Thank good. you. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate that. So they win the, the third game set. Uh, against the Red Sox, take two from the only uh, Canadian team in the MLB, and then they take the first two in Colorado. Yeah, feeling good again. Good going to tomorrow. <sighs> so I would love to tell you about big game, and and at the very end, maybe it doesn't look so close, but that was kind of a tough watch. Middle end of the game, we go up early, we get four runs early, right, and then we just don't score again until what was it? The eighth inning, I think. Yeah. We score four runs and then we don't score again until the eighth inning. Uh, and the bullpen just took care of business at cores. I mean, well, come on, dude. Phenomenal job by the likes of we had Brogdon, Baladi, my guy, Jeff Hoffman. Please tell me more about Jeff Hoffman. Because yeah. So I Jeff Hoffman. I don't know much. And I don't think the people do either. Yeah, I'm just going to go real quick through this here and and think about the fact that he had a very clutch balls deep inning, right? Because they start off that inning. I, uh, You think this was in the eighth, all right? Uh, they start the inning up two runs, I believe, 5-3. Start the inning off by error. Trey Turner just misreads a line drive, kind of reminiscent of that Edmundo Sosa uh, flop a week or so ago. That it's one okay. hurt. I mean, Trey, Trey Turner is doing amazing things out there. He looks like Derek Jeter sometimes. It's it's going to happen. But starts off the inning with that, which is a little demoralizing. And then he gets in a position where he has second, third, and one out. Gets a ground ball. So now we got a runner at third, two outs, I believe, right? Base hit. We got a tie game. And he's great at bat. He battles. Um, and he strikes out Tovar, whatever the heck his name is with like a 98 mile an hour fastball, just humming the rock as it were. Jeff Hoffman, um, he came into the league. He was drafted in the first round by the Toronto Blue Jays, ninth overall. He actually would have gone higher, but he got the old TJ surgery um, not too far, not too far removed from when he was drafted. Actually, I think that first year he just kind of healed up, so to speak. Toronto trades him to Colorado. And he plays for Colorado as a starting pitcher uh, between 2016, 2022. Then he gets traded to Cincinnati where he does a little starting, a little bullpen. And then at the start of this year in the off seasons, the twins pick him up. He didn't make the, uh, the MLB roster. So he opts out, says, I don't want to be in Minnesota if I'm not going to be with the twins. And then the Phillies sign him. And actually, he had an opt-out clause for them. They kind of had him in the AAA. ERA wasn't good, but his strikeout numbers were really good. He says, you know what? I'm going to opt out. I'm not going to play for your AAA team. Philadelphia Phillies had 48 hours. They said, all right, all right, bring him up, bring him up. So he thus is the Philadelphia Philly. Uh, this is only his second game pitching, his second um, inning pitching. I think this could just be a guy. That's, you know, going to end up being kind of deeper in the bullpen and due to Alvarado being hurt right now, he's in these different positions. But I mean, he's pitching in the eighth inning, though, in a very close game. Yeah. 
I, I know we had a lot of guys in the bullpen pitching today, but still, I don't think that that can be really overstated. Um, and look, this guy pitched in Colorado and Cincinnati, two of the most difficult ballparks to pitch in, period. Maybe that maybe one and two on the list. So I don't think this guy's going to be a freaking Cy Young guy or anything like that, but Dude, he's throwing the ball 98 miles an hour. I guess he's pitching a cutter this year that he has not had in previous years, and his cutter is getting pretty good whiff, a pretty good whiff rate. Um, yeah, just nice. It's nice to have, and I'm not a huge Kimbrel guy, but it's nice to have Kimbrel, Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and then like a this guy that hey, I don't know, these guys that could put have a decent upside. He's you 30, can, 31 years old, but he's throwing like 98, 99 miles an hour. I like he look he looked good. I thought I thought the two games he's been in, he's looked pretty good. It's like t-shirts. You can never have enough good t-shirts, and you can never have enough good bullpen pitching. If you have 100%. something you can, if you have something that you might not think you need, but the time comes up where you're like, oh, didn't think I needed that, but I'm glad I have it. There's Jeff Hoffman. 100 percent the Early. fact that you have this guy we've never heard of pitching in the eighth inning and in a very uh trying position runners at second and third one out i mean and the the runner at second is to tie the game that's pretty that's pretty dope i like that this guy can come through in the clutch get a grounder and then get a strikeout i like that early returns on jeff hoffman are good it is mid-may 39 games into the season, the Phillies are 20 and 19. Now, solo second in the NL East. Hmm. A lot of ball left to play, but much better than they were, say, a week ago. Talking about a week ago, Sixers had a uh, big win last Sunday. Yeah. Big win. And then they also had a big win on Tuesday. Now, Thursday comes around. They can close out the Boston Celtics. At home. At In home. Philadelphia. And uh, we all know how that panned out. Miss. Jason Tatum starts out sucking again. What did he go? Like 0 for 12 to start the game? What is with that guy with, with starts of games? Can we do this real quick? Go can ahead. Can we do this? Of course. I'm just going to start it by saying, what the hell? Okay. And I, James Harden, right? We complained about him. Everyone complains about him. When, okay, here we go. I'm just going to do it. When Tatum has these horrible games in these biggest, the biggest moment of the entire season, he has one point through the entire first half. All I'm hearing is the commentators praising him. Oh, my gosh. It's so great that he's still so involved with the assists and the rebounds. He's not hanging his head. He's still so involved. This That is such – why why does Tatum get a pass? I'm sorry. I don't think that this is just me. But the fact that they just give this guy a pass when – and this isn't the first game that he has just pooped his pants. Yeah. He's looking like Paul Pierce out there. Get him a wheelchair. I'm just saying, I just feel like Doris and Mark Jones are just giving this guy a pass. If it's if it's James Harden, 
they have like the same stats. James Harden doesn't put up any points. He's still getting the rebounds and assists too. And we're all, and, and rightfully so, we're coming at him. It's the biggest series of the season so far. You have to score. You're a scorer. You're the leading scorer. Harden's like the number two scorer, whatever you want to say. But it's driving me nuts that Tatum's just untouchable, and I don't understand it. If anything, he's way less proven. You know, he's only what, like 24, 25, whatever the, whatever the heck he is. It's just driving me nuts, this series, how... He has, he had, yes, very clutch in the last game. Congratulations. You freaking remembered how to shoot. It was great. I'm sure Celtics fans are happy because a win's a win's a win. But humbly, I'm the greatest. I'm one of the greatest basketball players in the world. Humbly, humbly, humbly. Come on, dude. Ah. And he's, watch, he's going to obviously play better than game seven because guess what? It's hard to do worse than one point in the first half. It's just driving me nuts. This guy gets a pass. He is a great player, but he's choking, and I just don't get why he gets a pass. That's it's all. It's only because he's young that he's getting a pass. James Harden could put up the same stats, and because James Harden has proven himself as an MVP and a finals caliber player, that he would not get the same looks or the same uh, reaction that Jason Tatum is. But because Tatum is young and still has a lot to prove, he gets a pass, which is BS. And the team is way better around him, in my opinion, that if the superstar is complete trash in the first half to, to the point of one point, the guys around him are good enough that they're not out of the game. So yeah. that he has the luxury of showing up for one, literally a half of one quarter. You know, and he's still the post-game interview. I, I just, whatever. Whatever. Okay, so tomorrow. Screw Boston. Sunday, 3.30. This podcast will come out in the morning. <clears throat> Sunday, 3.30, game seven. Sixers at Celtics. How are we feeling? <sighs> me too. I yeah, me too. don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> me too, brother. Tate, it's the same rant I just went on, right? Their superstar player had an all-time choke job last game, and we freaking couldn't close it out. There, it's a fact, right? There's there's literally no way that Tatum can play worse. No. There, no shot. So it it freaking sucks to think about that and, and then think about our chances of winning because he can't. But I, I do think that this has always been a series where – Yes, defense and really good defense does matter. I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all. But if we're going to win this series, it's going to be by scoring, right? Because the Celtics have too many guys that can score. Like, they're going to find someone that can score. It's not like you can shut down Tatum and no one else can score. Okay, you got freaking Marcus Smart scoring a bunch. You got Brown. You got other guys. So I, I think if this is if this was always going to be, if it's, if it's a series that they're going to win, they're going to need to have Embiid have 30, 35, maybe 40 points. They're going to need Harden to hit some huge threes. They're going to need Mac. Like, they, they need these other guys. They need to score. You know, they're not going to be able to shut down one player and win the, and win the game. I, uh, I heard a stat earlier. In the five games that Embiid has played through the six games thus far, his uh, highest point total is 34. Now, that's yeah. not bad. He has, uh, let's see. 
I think a 15-point game in his first game back. He has 32, 33, 34, and then 26 on Thursday. I'm not putting this game on Embiid, but I'm saying if he scores less than 30, there's zero shot that Sixers win this game. I agree. Also, when you look at Malcolm Brogdon and you look at Robert Williams, when they put the two-big lineup out there, which clearly gave the Sixers trouble in the first half on Thursday. Mm-hmm. As we talked about before, you need Harden, you need Embiid, you need Maxi, and then you need someone else as the six as the as the Celtics do when they have they could throw out White, they could throw out Brogdon. Each of those guys could go for 15 to 20 on any given night and they are deeper. We've talked about this. It's common knowledge. The Sixers are a deep, or sorry, the Celtics are a deeper team. And the only way the Sixers are going to win is if Harris and or Maxi, Daniel House, uh, DeAnthony Melton, like one yeah. of those guys needs to go off in addition to Embiid and Harden playing at their peak level as the MVPs that they are. I don't know that I have faith that it's going to happen, but I am a hopeless romantic and a, mm-hmm. a eternal optimist when it comes to Philadelphia mm-hmm. sports. Yes, yes, and, sir. Preach. And now, uh, I, I'm, I'm not really a, a, a soothsayer, but I did watch Silver Linings Playbook earlier, so I'm a I'm really feeling the Philadelphia juju. Shout and, out Bradley and, Cooper. And the uh, great, great freaking movie, by the way. But I, I realized something. All right. I, played, I played golf on Sunday, Sixers won. I played golf on Tuesday, Sixers won. Thursday, I didn't play golf. Tomorrow, I'm playing golf. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> so... I really hope that there is juju <laughs> tied in the same way that Jennifer Lawrence brought the good Eagles juju and the good Phillies juju to Bradley Cooper and Patricio. Oh my gosh. Here's the other question, Colin. I'm pretty sure this has also been a connection is Phillies wins and losses have been very in sync as well. Um, and the Phillies they're in Colorado. So they actually don't play until three ten. So so wait, you're telling me we can't me to... comfortably watch the Phillies at one o'clock and then know the Sixers are going to win by watching them beat the Rockies because they're going to be kind of hand in hand. So you're telling me that I have to I have to take the second nine of my golf tomorrow and completely throw it to the wind so that I can also pay attention to the Phillies and the Sixers at the same time, and then drive an hour and a half home from Coastal Jersey back to Philadelphia. Ooh, this is going to be a long day, brother. You just I'm you need to be golfing work. tomorrow. The Phillies need to win tomorrow. And if both of those things happen, clearly the Philadelphia 76ers will be moving on to the conference finals. Oh, gosh. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> it gets that, you weak in the knees. Just that, think about it. I didn't realize how good that would feel. But you know what, what would feel really bad? Oh, well, we I do know that feeling, though. That's the thing. We know that feeling. What we're not familiar with is the other side. But, we're man, not, I, no. I would love to be acquainted. I sure would be. I would, too. But but I need to put this out here. 
because it's a fact of the matter. If the Sixers lose tomorrow, the process, as we know it, could be done forever. 100%. Doc Rivers could be gone. Mm -hmm. James Harden could be going back to Houston. And for all we know, Joel Embiid might get persuaded by Jimmy Butler to go to Miami. Correct. And you wouldn't blame him. I don't think anyone could blame him. Nope. Listen. The Sixers, as we know it, could be starting process 2.0 come 7 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. We got to keep the good vibes. Um, the fact of the matter is that they, they can win this game. The fact of the matter is that they can win this game. Tobias Harris needs to have more than two points. He needs to freaking contribute on offense. I thought he had some very good moments. Uh, it, it feels like every single game that we lose, there's one guy on the team that is the I'm scared to shoot today guy. And for some reason, that always seems to be the case. And the last game, I would say Tobias Harris looked like scared to shoot the ball. Like, oh, you want like you don't want me to shoot, right? You know, it's just it's like it's like mind blowing. Basketball players, your job is to shoot the ball. I just Maxie played his damn ass off on Thursday. Everybody yes. else on the Sixers, you could have questioned their effort, their heart, their execution. And I really just hope we don't have this same conversation tomorrow night looking back on it. I don't know about you, but I would love to hop, hop up back on tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, get a little live reaction. And, and listen, I, I completely, completely, oh, 100%. I'll be there. Um, My man. 100%. I agree with you on the Joel Embiid points. But what I think might be more meaningful than just the total points is the fourth quarter points. They, I, I would be Dude really didn't curious. didn't touch the ball for the last four minutes of the game. Yeah. And, and how much did they score in the last quarter of the game? Right? Not so, much. I don't know I'd the be, exact figure, but it wasn't much. I'd be really curious to see games they've won, games they've lost, lost the amount of points that um, Embiid has had in the fourth quarter because it, it just really feels like in the games they, they've lost, Embiid is just not getting the ball. Um, and that's on everyone. That I think it's on Embiid. I think it's on everybody, you know? Um, get literally everybody. How do you not get him the ball? <laughs> Seriously. But... um. I think the fourth quarter points is huge. And I, I don't feel like we've seen this a ton this series. But yes, the Robert Williams lineup was good. I, I think far more meaningful than Embiid just getting 30, 35 points would be Embiid getting 30, 35 points. And half of those are at the free throw line. Meaning I am smarter than Robert Williams. He's fouling me, meaning Horford's fouling. You know, I think that that is far more meaningful and and is the success to a win a a lot more. And and now you got a guy who is clearly not in one hundred percent. Obviously, he's not in one hundred percent health, and his game shape is not quite one hundred percent, which makes sense. I don't think that's yeah. his fault. It is what it is. But now we're we're settling down. We're we're taking some free throws. We're slowing the pace down and they're getting in a little bit more foul trouble. And I'm also really good at free throws and, you know, and now I'm having them, you know, maybe Robert sec big Bob second guessing a little bit when he plays defense. I don't know. I think that that would be a, a great recipe if he can kind of draw some of those fouls, slow the game down a little bit and just uh, have them second guessing a little bit on defense. 
I feel way better going into tomorrow knowing that the Sixers have already won, was it two games at Boston, as as opposed to them winning like every home game mm-hmm. and then losing the road games. Feel way better about the game tomorrow if that wasn't the case. Yeah. But it's 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 like the underdogs in the NCAA tournament. You have to make the other team play your game, play your pace. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 succumb or cater to their game. Make them play the way you want to. And when the Sixers are playing at their best with Embiid and their their starting lineup, they play a different game that I think caters to them better than the starting lineup does when Boston wants to play their game. And if they can enforce their will, we can force the fucking conference finals appearance, baby. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the weirdest series ever, man. But it's been awesome. Momentum. Momentum has meant it seems a lot less than it ever has before. Seriously. Home field advantage has apparently not been as impactful as no. ever before. It's weird. All the things that you would typically kind of hang your hat on are it's just out been the window. wildly fluxy and inconsistent, you know? So I guess you got that going for you, question mark. I mean, you still want to it still exists. But it's just the series as a whole. It's just not followed some of these patterns that you typically see. I I would say it's ah. it's, it's been strange. All right, I'm throwing myself on the record. <clears throat> Sixers are winning tomorrow, 102-95. Now, I'm I'm willing this into existence. Yeah. Whether I really believe that score I just put out there is a different story. But I'm willing it into existence. I am not As you going, should. I am not going to talk myself into a state of comfort by predicting they lose and then saying, well, I, you know, I I plan for this to happen. No, no. We're done with that. Once the Eagles won the Super Bowl, there's no more Negadelphian. Mm. None. What do you think, Dan? This is such a building moment for Joel Embiid and this 76ers team. Hans Embiid's legacy and the Sixers' legacy as a whole. All of it. I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills thinking about it. He finally got the MVP. He's finally, he's really not healthy, but he's finally kind of sort of healthier than ish you know like it's all all for one freaking game to game get, seven to NBA. get to the what is better bro what and it's not listen it's not the finals but in some ways it feels like it just because this is this is the the hurdle we've never been able to make right like since what 2013 they say it's well, so they haven't been to the no, it, finals since 01 we're not done yet but this particular moment, we have not been able to to beat this level, man. <laughs> you know, like and and honest, and we're out of lives. This could be the last chance, you know. So it's just such a man. It's stressful, but it's you have to respect the fact that it is a, it is kind of a beautiful moment. You just hope that they come ready to uh, ready to play, and and Embiid is just. You hope that he takes it on. You know what I mean? You hope that he gets the ball and then he, and then he decides hey, he's a team player, obviously, but he's like, no, like I, I've been through so much. I am, I am, I'm putting up a hundred points myself tonight. You know, I, 
This is everything. So much better than freaking Al Horford and Robert Williams. Screw those guys. Al Horford is a knock. Al Horford is a knock. (laughs) This is everything you could ask of sports to put you on the edge of your seat and be just gripped by the thrill of the sport that you are watching. In the MVP year. I cannot Um, wait to watch this game tomorrow, brother. It's been great talking to you. hmm. It's good. It's a late night, and I will sign off on this. Uh, anything, anything you want to say to the people before Game Seven tomorrow? Yeah, just my. Uh, as far as the Sixers go, go Sixers. Embiid, show us, show us why you're the MVP. Show the world what you've shown us as 76ers fans and viewers show, show the world why us as fans have been so crazy about you getting MVP because you're the best freaking player in the world. Show the world. We all believe it. We believed it for years. That's why we've been freaking screaming about you getting MVP instead of Jokic for getting it three years in a row. Show the world. Okay. We know it. We, We know it. We know it. Show the world. Let's play some ball. Let's win this game. And as I sign off here, you know me. I'm always going to sign off with a little friendly piece of advice or just a phrase. And just one thing to remember. Ain't nothing cured but bacon and eggs, y'all. Let's go Sixers. Get the win. You golf tomorrow, Colin. And Phillies, get the freaking win, too. Let's get all the good vibes coming our way. Speaking of uh, bacon and eggs, I'm making breakfast for my mother tomorrow. Happy Mother's Day to all mothers mothers out there. Shout out, Mary. Absolutely. Shout out, Patty. She's asleep. But to quote my favorite movie, it ain't over yet, McGavin. The way I see it, we've only just begun. (laughs) So good. So good. It's so good. We'll We'll talk tomorrow, DG3. Let's go Sixers, baby. Let's go Sixers. Let's go. Come on. Go Sixers. (sighs) Later. Have a good night, brother.